wake up and get out of bed Don't delay your sleepy head Grab a seat on the couch Listen to what we're talking about In a Saturday morning pajamas Hello and welcome. It's time to dust off that controller, untangle those cords, and join me on the floor as we bring you another video game vacation. My name is AJ and with me as always is Jax. Hello. And I'm here to go ahead and tell you about what my current obsession is this week. So currently I've been... I've been. We just got an Xbox One about what a month ago. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. So. Used. Yep. Used. But non-slim, because, you know, we're, we um, we're frugal like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're 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 early adopters. Totally. So. Let me. <laughs> anyway, so the thing is, you know, we just bought this, and one of the first things we picked up for it that we knew that we wanted right away was the Rare Replay, and so. When the Rare Replay first came out, we we were both obsessed and really wanted to get this game because, you know, Rare has been a huge part of both of our childhoods. Uh, and Rare started for me a little earlier than it did for Jax because, you know, when I was a kid, one of the first game first games I had on the NES was a game called Snake Rattle and Roll. I didn't realize until much later that that was a Rare game. And you know what? Loved that game. Still kind of love that game. But, you know, things like... But it doesn't mean that it was the best game ever. <laughs> In fact, I tried playing it on the Rare Replay and I went... I realized, wow, this game... Um, good for a kid. Because, you know, it, it's good to sink your time into something. But I'll be damned if that game is a little bad. <laughs> Most games from our childhood are that way. It's You're looking at things through rose-colored glasses and it's like... I remember how much fun I had with this, forgetting all the frustration and all the times you went to those video game cheat sites. If you were like me and had this more in the later 90s for your early game, you know, for some of these games, or all the times, you know, when I was real little, like, Dad, can you help me? Nah, I, I, I was never a huge cheater when it came to, came to games, and that's just part of the way that my dad taught, dad taught me when I was playing games, that you don't cheat, you have, you play the game and you beat it on your own merit, your own merit, and then after you beat it, then go ahead and cheat, have some fun with it. But before that, you got to beat it on your own. So I mean, but I mean, that's also taking into consideration when I was a kid. I didn't considering didn't consider warp zones cheats. Oh no, because those were just things put into the game. Those were in the game for a reason. Yes. Now, if you exploit a glitch, that's cheating. Yes. And then part of this too was a lot of the games that I went to the cheat sites for. No one else around mommy was playing. Uh, when I was like, I think I mentioned this before. When I was about 13, my aunt sent me a box of a bunch of old computer games. Um, this is the aunt with no children, so I have no clue where she got the money for video games from. But she <laughs> sent me... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So she sent me a box of a, a dozen, maybe. I could be wrong. Now, not all these were your holy grails, okay? A lot of them were actually from Hoyle and were games, like a bunch of, like, board games, card games, stuff like that. Uh, but there was a few gems in there. Um, but I was the only... But she, my aunt lives a few thousand miles away from me. So I couldn't really talk to her too well about, like, I'm having trouble on this. And no one else from me had played these games because I one of, didn't have anyone around to play who played these because they were all PC games. 
Isn't one of those games one of the games that your dad printed out the entire manual for? No. Um, that was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. We had this game in the early 90s. And it was this, I think it was a Sierra game. No, no, LucasArts game. It was LucasArts, yeah. Luke, LucasArts game. And I didn't pay attention at the time, you know, how we got it. I was just like, oh, okay, here's information. We had these pages printed out of this, like, book. Because back in the day, what they had for you was they actually had physical things for to go along with your games. Like, there was, like, an actual physical book that you have to refer to. Um, it was Indy's father's um, journal. Okay. Yeah, you had to refer to certain pages for certain things in the game. Well, and let, let's not forget that's also how they used to do copy protection. Oh, yes. Because uh, they, would, they would, like, pop up at the beginning of the game going, fourth word, third page, second paragraph. I, n- I never, I didn't have that one. Um, I know there was one game I had. Uh, we're taking it back. This is actually going to be part of a different episode later on. But from Monkey Island, they had these dials. And it was basically a big round circle with a, um, another smaller circle inside and they're kind of pinned together and you would have to turn them until certain things match like for the first Monkey Island game it was you had to create a full head so they would have, there would be a character there isn't it called like a cryptograph or something like that something like that I, I have to review it, uh, research it more but that's how they did the first one and so they would show you a person they'd show you a mixture of someone's forehead and someone else's chin and you had to turn the dial that way and give some certain information. And they had another... And then for the second Monkey Island game, you were creating voodoo spells. So they would say, like, you know, teeth and, like, hair or, or something like that. It's, and tell it which voodoo spell that you made. Yeah, what percentage you needed. Ah. Or something like that. Um, I have the box at home, so I, when I do the Monkey Island episode, I will talk about that more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but point being, back to the whole cheating thing, there was no one else there, so it's kind of like... I had nowhere else to turn in some of these. I just needed a little help getting started, and they were super fun. Um, that said, someone was on their phone last night looking up snake rattle and roll stuff while they were playing. Well, no, no, I, that wasn't snake rattle and roll I was looking up. Last night, that was, uh, oh, no, that was that was uh, Blast Core. Oh, okay. Blast Core is another one of those games that, not a lot of people knew about, um, but it was like one of my first 64 games, and I loved that game. It was, it was just mindless destruction. That's what it was. Well, you can't say mindless because actually, it was pretty freaking difficult. Still is actually. Um, generally, it's it's one of those level-based games. You go to a level, you get different um, vehicles that you use to destroy buildings to clear the path for a nuclear warhead. If you don't clear the path, it's going to hit a building and explode. Won't you explode when it hits the ground anyway? That, sweetie? Yeah. It's already on a truck. It's on the ground. Oh, I I, I was playing on the computer. I was not paying attention to the game yeah. to know that that was one of the mechanics. <laughs> yeah. So, and then once you clear the path, then you can go back into the level and come, you know, complete the level by destroying everything, getting all the little flashy lights on the ground, getting all the survivors and whatnot. And then there's also, you know, later levels where, you know, there's sequences you have to go through, like pushing a TNT box into a door in a hidden little area so you can get on a train and move it over to another area and get something that shoots missiles. 
Was, so. was this game from the era where, like, because nowadays, like, you enter a dungeon, hey, there's a scuba tank on the wall. That must be used for something because it's so out of place. Well, this is back. Is, it, this is, is this the game from back in the day when they didn't tell, they didn't give you such obvious clues that I might need that? Oh, there was no information given in this game. You just have to find this shit through meticulous play. Grinding the early years. Not even grinding because, you know, you're not grinding for levels, but you're sitting there going, I, I'm not at 100%. 100%. What do I need to finish this level? And you have to search every freaking nook and cranny in some of these levels. Oh, I remember some games like that. And it was just like, you just start methodically going, ee no, move like a quarter joystick, like a quarter centimeter to the right, ee no, nope. And then after you give them up and just said, screw it, and you just hit a random button, ding, 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 you found the prize. Oh yeah, one of the things that always, one of the things that always bothered me about playing, about video games, and I love video games, I absolutely love them, but it bothers me because it hurts my pride, <laughs> is sitting there, is, I'll be playing, like, it used to happen to me, especially with Zelda, I'll be sitting there, I'm playing these games for forever, just have, you know, and I'll be going through this, I'll be going through one dungeon, let's say it's a water temple, and I'll be going through and all of a sudden I'll get stuck. And I'll just, I cannot figure out what the hell my next step is, how to get through this water temple. I will quit and I will stop for maybe a day or two, go back to the game, take a look at it from another view and go, oh son of a bitch, it was that easy. Oh yeah. Well, I have a friend who in the original Zelda game, she couldn't, she never got past level, she never got into level 7, for or through level 7. She for, just, for oh. the life of her, she could not figure out that when, in before, the middle before, of that... Before I stop, let me guess. Grumble, grumble. Yes. Yep. There's a, for those who are not familiar, in the level 7 dungeon, there you get to a room, and there's a, what were they called? That was a, um, oh, do they call them warlocks? Or? No. no. Uh, it looks like a warthog type thingy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. The, the, the little pig guys that shoot arrows. Yeah, I, I can't Yeah, I, I know. Brain's right. But anyway, so he's in the middle of the room. There's a door on the other side that's locked. And there's two fires to the side of him. So he's being all like cryptic and magical and trying to intimidate you. And he just says, grumble, grumble. And shooting him does not work. You, you have to figure out like which how to get through him. And randomly, in one of the shops, since the beginning of the game... They've sold meat. Just like meat on a bone. No real, if you, and it, it, it no real reason for it. I mean, you just see it there and it's like, if you, you never make the connection that Grumble Grumble is actually his stomach. Yeah. That's his stomach grumbling. He needs food. Yeah. And you give him that to him and he lets you through. Now, a clue might have been, because I do remember doing this, is randomly if I would place, if there was an area with a ton of those guys about. If I would place the meat on the ground, they would all circle around the meat. Right. And it's like, that should have been a big fucking clue that, hey, maybe he's hungry. But no. Right. I was six or seven, and I was like, Dad. Because my dad played this game a lot, too. Mm -hmm. My dad, this might be where I get some of my little... Um, Works? Yeah. He had graph paper. And he actually ma would map out the dungeons and the overworld yeah. because... He was an old school PC gamer where you would actually get graph paper and go, okay, this room, this room, this room, and this is your full dungeon when you're done. Yes. I mean, because back then, 
you didn't really have all that stuff. It, it was a lot harder. You had to go by word of mouth or, or you know, in the early 90s, you could call the Nintendo helpline because that nah. was good on the phone bill. Oh. And I don't think I ever called that because I was like, five ninety nine a minute? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my dad would have killed me if I called him. That's why I never called him myself. Yeah, I'm just like, But uh -uh. On, on the other hand, my dad actually did the same thing with draft paper. I never actually brought this up, but he would do the same thing for certain games. Yeah. Trader 2. Uh, that's another classic NES game. Um, if you've heard of it, leave me a note in the blog post at nonoms.net because I'd love to hear someone else who actually remembers this game. If not, we'll talk about it later because it might still be sitting on the video game shelf. I'm not 100% sure. Right. So now back to what I was talking about. Oh. So, <laughs> okay. If you want to continue continue on the stream of not go talking about the topic that we were going to bring we brought up? Squirrel. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so back to what I was talking about. Um, so, Rare Replay. Now, go. you know, you go through the list and you realize there's a few games in there that you're like, I never either never heard of this game or never even realized it was a Rare game. So, like, you start off with old, I think there was ColecoVision games because it looks like yeah. that old kind of PC, color base type games like A Tick Attack, um, Saber Wolf, stuff like that. Was it Coleco or Atari they did? It looked like it was Coleco, because Atari had a different aesthetic to it. Okay. Especially with the color um, color patterns. Okay. So, um, then you get then you jump to NES days. First NES game they have on the list is Slalom. Have you ever played Slalom? Well, then you'd realize why I'm just going to gonna kind of gloss over this game. <laughs> it, it was not a great game. Okay, imagine Rad Racer on skis, and a lot harder, and that's what you got. I can think of three skiing games alone, and that's not one of them. Yep. And this is from years. I know there's Ski Free from yep. like Windows 95. Everyone always remembers Ski Free. Because the fucking Yeti at the bottom. Yep. I remember there was, I know there's like some kind of snowboarding game on the Wii Fit. And then there was like that 180, whatever, one for the N64. 1080. 1080, there we go. Yep. Uh, those are the only skiing games I can actually think of. And well, of all, if, we're, if we're including uh, snowboarding, which by the way, 1080 was snowboarding. Oh, right. Um, if we're including snowboarding, there's a bunch of snowboarding games that I remember. Because there was a lot, I loved some of the old snowboarding games. Yeah. Like, um, for one, there was a demo, like, I used to love the old PlayStation demo discs because mm -hmm. you would get like you'd get to try out some of these games that you never even heard of before. One of my favorite demos was for Cool Borders. It was a pain in the ass to control, and I bet playing it now, I'd I'd go, these controls are shit. What was I thinking? But you know, I had fun with it. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Yeah. My point was there. Skiing generally, there has been a ton of games on. Yeah. Oh wait, there was one. There was a skiing game for the Intellivision. Mm -hmm. It was a pain to control, but that might have just been the controller. But yeah, I'm just randomly remembering that there was one. It's just really hard. It's just, it's of all the sports games, mm -hmm. this is one of the, the sports where you like next to bowling, you're not gonna find le a sports game with less titles. And 
on that on that note for right now let, let's go ahead and take a break listen well, and go ahead and have you listen to some of words from some of our other podcasting friends yep some of our good friends and we'll be right back do you ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? Do you ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock! And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd! Every year, TV shows get canceled. Some not getting picked up for a second season. But there are some unfortunate shows that get pulled before airing all of their episodes. I'm Ed, host of Unaired, a podcast where we take shows canceled with episodes left unaired and give them new life by pitching what could have been future episodes. And so Rodney Dangerfield, he's dead now, and little Rodney walks away. He clicks open the lock on the book. You see a list of crossed out names. Rodney Dangerfield, he takes a pen, crosses it out, and up on the screen it pops up, where's Rodney? Where's disappears, and the N-E-Y disappears, and just pops up with Rodlander. There can only be one. God damn it. Giving them new theme songs. Welcome to Siegfried and Roy's horny animal kingdom. And even pondering a reboot. What do you think a reboot of this show would look like? It looks like a boot, but like another boot. Two boots. Two boots. A bootception. Check us out on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Alright, and welcome back. Of course, this is AJ. This is Jax. And we're going to go ahead and continue on talking about, you know, Rare Replay. As uh, opposed to the other 50 things we've been talking about. True. <laughs> <laughs> so, as where I left off when talking about this was Blastcore. Blastcore, again, one of my favorite games. It was one, it's the first Rare-released Nintendo 64 game, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know what? I, I think I just realized something. I don't think there are any rare Super Nintendo titles on the Rare Replay. It goes NES to 64. We have, like, one arcade title, which is the Battletoads Arcade. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't think we have any rare Nintendo titles. Because I think Rare got taken uh, during uh, nin- the Super Nintendo years, was taken over by doing all the Donkey Kong games. True. And since it's, you know, on an Xbox system, we're not going to get those Donkey Kong games. Well... No, but no. Wasn't Super Nintendo time the same time as the Game Boy? What do you mean? What didn't those areas overlap? Yeah. Okay, because I had Donkey Kong on my Game Boy. No, no, no. I I, I understand. So, that. but they were work- My point is, they were working on those games instead of on titles for the Game Boy instead of titles for the Super Nintendo. Well, no, but that but Rare is the one who created the Donkey Kong Country series. Yeah. So, and they were working through all those uh, Donkey Kong games which is why there's no no uh, Super Nintendo Rare Years it seems on Rare Replay on Rare Replay right yeah so I was thinking odd that because my the first game where I actually remember seeing the Rare logo and paying attention mm-hmm. was Donkey Kong 64 yeah well and that's the thing like I said the first game I Rare game I ever played was Snake Rattle and Roll but I didn't realize until many years later that actually was a Rare game yeah so did they not just have that rare logo? It's it, it wasn't really a thing. Another good rare game from the Super Nintendo, or not Super Nintendo, from the NES d- days that's also on Rare Replay, RC Pro-Am. 
I loved that game. That game was essentially if Micro Machines was done right. <laughs> so, anyway, continuing on from the Nintendo 64. So, Nintendo 64, they have a whole slew of games from the 64 era. They have Killer Instinct Gold, Battle Blast Corps. Oh, wait. Maybe Killer Instinct was... Killer Instinct, well, maybe that was the Super Nintendo one, or did... I think they... I don't know if they did the Super Nintendo one or the Nintendo 64 one, but either way, there was Killer Instinct there on Rare Replay, and Killer Instinct was also done during the Super Nintendo era, if I remember correctly. If you, yeah. Well, I'll do some more research on that later, and I'll have clarification in the blog post at nonoms.net. So if you are that curious, you can check it out there. Uh, if not, go to Amazon, pick up the game, yep. and, you know, try it for yourself, because this thing's super fun. Yeah, don't forget to check those journal notes. Anyway, so, um, as we're continuing on, there's also, uh, let's see, it goes from Glass Core, then they get, then it goes straight, I think, into Banjo-Kazooie, which, you know, Jax absolutely loves. I wouldn't call it, I don't know if I would call it childhood since I was, um, I was like tween teen years when it came out. My brother got a 64 for his uh, for birthday or Christmas one year. The whole family played it, but it was like, that was his present. Um, and he had Banjo-Kazooie and eventually had Banjo-Tooie. And so I remember playing those games, mainly the first one with him a lot. Because um, we would help each other out. Though, um, now part of me is remembering that we may or may not have actually purchased the Prima gu official guide or whatever it was called <laughs> at the time. Because I remember that damn book. And I don't remember really using it that much. I just remember on occasion looking going, oh, I that way so much easier than what I've been doing. <laughs> we'll probably go into this on a later episode, but I loved those Prima guides. I bought them for so many RPGs. Not because I used them, but because they were good toilet reading. <laughs> stinky. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> I meant stinky. Stinky. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, stinky that's what I meant. Stinky would under is understandable. Stinky... Are you really, really, you think I played a lot of Dead or, well, no, I didn't play a lot of Dead or Alive. Anyway, I didn't have, and I definitely didn't play Dead or Alive and set the age to 99 and watched things go crazy. And, and just so you, just in case you didn't know. Um, I never played Dead or Alive. Okay, so Dead or Alive, um, when it first came out for the original PlayStation, it was known as the game with... Jiggle physics. Is this the beach volleyball one with the girls in bikinis? Later on, yes. But when it first came out, it was a fighting game. And when the girls jumped around, they they had a specific tween on their breasts. Were we using Laura Croft physics to get, or Laura, Laura Croft effect to get, like, players? Yeah, essentially. But and without, uh, like, triangle tits? They were still kind of triangle tits. <laughs> um, but, actually, they were more box tits. But, anyway... So, what happened, one of the things in that game was, depending on what age you put yourself at in the game, mm -hmm. things got a lot more bouncy. So, the higher the age, the more bouncy things were. So, you really weren't putting in your age, you were putting in gravity, basically a measurement for gravity. Just on the tits. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, got off topic again. Um, so, as playing, while playing, um, 
played Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie was not a childhood game for me. At that point, and during that age, I really was not a huge fan of the whole, um, uh, how do you put it, um, platformer, uh, collect-a-thon genre of games. Mm-hmm. So, I, it wasn't really my thing. I liked a lot of the puzzles, which was, because I, going back to those computer games, I had the, a lot of those were like puzzle games. Mm-hmm. You still have to collect stuff sometimes, but there's like, as a puzzle element to it, mm-hmm. which I really liked just because it, it required more than button smashing. Mm-hmm. Um, I required you to think things through, and when they made sense, it was awesome. When they didn't make sense, it was, well, screw you. Yeah. What do you mean I have to give the guy the jawbreaker so he can chew it, so he can spit it out into the pile of hair at the barbershop so I can then use that to break his tooth and then give that to someone to do something else? Yes, that is a real puzzle from a Monkey Island game. <laughs> kind of figured. Three for the record. <laughs> kind of figured, sweetie. Yeah, but you know what? It's just different things, which is why we have so much variety in the series. Yep. Anyway, so, but that's more adventure games. As opposed to, you know, platformer collectathons. True. Um, like I said, at that point in time, I wasn't a huge fan of them. I'm play- replaying them right now, and I'm enjoying the game. It's a good game. Plain and simple. Um, then next in the rear replay. We'll go more in-depth into this game on a future episode. Yeah. Since that's when we're actively playing, uh, we have like a single-player game going together just so we can kind of go through it. and It's a little more fun than yep. just playing by ourselves. One TV in the house. We have to share. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, next it, next on the list is, I think, probably Jet Force Gemini. Yeah. Jet Force Gemini is a game that I never played. I heard a lot about when I was younger, and I heard that it was a really good game. I haven't actually had a chance to start it yet, because there's a, there's 30 games on this disc, people. <laughs> we, we've we've uh, been trying to go, okay... What do we remember the most? What seems the most fun and what seems most interesting? And what are we going to focus on? And because if you start all the games at once, then you kind of just... It's too much. It's just way too much to play. Alright. Then after Jet Force Gemini, we get Banjo-Tooie. Banjo-Tooie, again, she started playing it. I haven't played it yet. I'm going to wait until I finish up Banjo-Kazooie because that's just the kind of game player I am. Yeah, and... It... It's not as good. I'm just going to set there. It's not as good because it changes a few mechanics I really liked. Mm-hmm. But it's still super fun. Even though they managed to squeeze in a mini game that's a first-person shooter right. into this somehow. But, yeah. So, we're going to talk about that one a bit more on its own episode. Yep. And then next we have... Conker's Bad Fur Day. This one, I never actually played the main game. I played multiplayer with a friend because he owned the game. Not due to the fact that it was because it was too adult or anything when I was younger, just for the fact that, again, platforming collectathons. It wasn't really my game. During this time, my type of game was JRPGs. And don't forget, games were and still are expensive. And yeah. At that time, time in our lives, I, and if it was a game our parents wanted to play, they might buy it. But for the most part, we were buying our own games based off of allowances or tour money. Well, and to be fair, at this at this point in time, I didn't I didn't have parents who played games. I, I didn't. My legal guardians were people who looked at my hobbies and went, "Kid stuff. When are you gonna grow up?" They're more into kick the can than video games. Kick the can, and you know, 
the ball. little world. Yeah, stick ball. <laughs> so, looking for old anachronisms here, people. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the um, there you know, and then after so, Conquer's Bad for Day, the game I've started, and you know, once I finish it up, we'll go more depth into this game. Yeah, um, or at least get a bit further into the game. Yeah. So we can, you know, so we have a bit more knowledge on it because I haven't played it yet, but it looks fun. Yep. It does have, it has a lot of the bits that remind me of the Banjo Kazooie series. The, the artwork itself, just the, the graphics, just bring me back and give me that nostalgic feeling. Yeah. All right. So then after that, we get, we go to Perfect Dark. Mm-hmm. Perfect Dark, first-person shooter, Nintendo 64, really lauded. Um, for being a great game. Again, one of those games I didn't really play. And then there's also... Then we go off from Perfect Dark to... Oh, what was it? Um, I think the next one is Grabbed by the Ghoulies. Maybe. I know it's on there somewhere. I just don't remember where. Grabbed by the Ghoulies is the, fir- is the first rare Xbox exclusive. So there's that game. And then... And then we go from Grab by the Ghoulies to Perfect Dark Zero, and I think somewhere in between there, there's an update of their old game Jetpack. And other than that, I really... Oh, and then, of course, Banjo and Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. I've never played that one. No one's played that one. Well, not no one. People have played that one, but that is, from what I have heard at least, is not a good game. It, It essentially... it. From the way it felt like, it sounds like they're turning Banjo-Kazooie into a Ratchet and Clank kind of feeling game. Yeah. Where you're, where Banjo is actually like a carpenter or builder or something like that, and you have to build all this stuff. Yeah. And, and make your own vehicles and... Eh. That's even more of a departure than the Game Boy Advance game, which was... Um... Hold on one second. Uh, we are driving, if you haven't noticed, and I need to kind of check some uh, directions. So while I'm checking directions, I'm going to be trying to remember what I was trying to say. Um, well, at this point, I think we're going to go ahead and just cut this part out. So let's just hold on for a moment, and we'll be right back. All right. Not sure how much of that you heard or where that cut off, but yeah, we, we're driving, if you hadn't noticed, and we thought we got lost. We're fine. We didn't get lost. We're we just, cool. We just took a different exit. Yes. it's We're up in uh, Sacramento again, and there's just way too many freeways and exits and this and that. And it's like... It's a gigantic clusterfuck. Yeah. It's like, I missed the video. I missed playing Rush 2012 where there was one way to go and my car had wings. In California. Yeah. That was the best part. Uh, so where were we at? Oh. Uh, so, uh, Banjo Kazooie. Uh, yeah, so we were, we were getting on to uh, be, um, nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. So I was gonna say that the way that game sounds, it takes a lot more of a turn mm-hmm. than the Game Boy Advance game, Grunty's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't played that one for quite a while either. Even I played that one, so that's why I was surprised I hadn't heard of Nuts and Bolts. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they tried something new, and good on them. We, I, we're gonna try Nuts and Bolts, you know, because. We paid for the game. We're gonna, you know, get our money's worth. Yep. Even though it was like under twenty bucks, so you know, we already gotten our money's worth in my, in my opinion. Yep. But you know, I still want to give the game a try, and 
you know, we'll, we'll keep you, we'll let you know, like, you know, if it was like a good turn or a bad turn or just, you know what? You tried something new. Good job. Yep. Uh, what game's next? I think that actually is the end of the list, other than if I didn't go into Perfect Dark Zero. You didn't. Okay, but... Perfect Dark, Perfect Dark. I think it's Zero is what it's called. What it actually, what Perfect Dark is, nah, what it actually is, is it's just um, a sequel to the other Perfect Dark on the 64 made for the um, Xbox. I've heard it's, uh, okay. Uh, I, one of the things that, Especially, like I said, the price was 20 bucks. When it first came out, it was obviously more. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they've dropped it just because people realize what's actually worth it in the game. Mm -hmm. Which is insane considering that a Conker's Bad for a Day original cartridge from Nintendo 64 is going for a whole lot on uh, eBay. At least when I checked a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but with any of these, ga of these games or even movies when you buy the sets of like 5 million... Those people match the orange cones. Sorry, these past two women wearing these like um, burnt orange dress at top, and they're like right near some orange traffic cones. <laughs> remember, we're remember when we do these podcasts, especially if we're driving, squirrel. Yes. Um. So the we're gonna get with these anthology. Would you call them anthology? Yeah. We're gonna get is that a Mills Diner? Sweetie. Next to Jane Craig. Just saying. Sweetie. Anyways, what you're going to get with the anthology, anthology series, you're going to get the game that's going to draw the people in, and then you're going to get all the crapware that they need to inflate the, the box to make it look like you're getting a great deal. Yeah, so they can inflate the number and say, hey, 30 games, one disc. You know, they really should say is, two great games, 28 crap, or whatever number actually turns out to be when we try more. Yeah. Because uh, I've seen that, I've I know I have. We have the DVD, uh, one, an anthology DVD that has from Dust Till Dawn on it, mm -hmm. and I think there's eight movies on the disc. I can't name a single other one because they're just lesser known things. I want from Dust Till Dawn. I want to see Salma Hayek. I want to see vampires. Let's go. So that's what, kind of what you're getting with this. You're getting you're getting variety, and you know what? If we happen to find a new favorite from one of those, all the better. Um, so, uh, any other thoughts about Rare Replay? Uh, nope, I don't have any other current thoughts, um, about Rare Replay. Okay then, well, then I guess I need to wait for something here on my phone to well, tell you. you know, it, you know, we just gotta remember that it is that time again. Let's go ahead and flip that power switch. Turn off the TV. And then... Return to the world of the living. Uh -oh. um, so it's time for us to leave you until our next video game vacation. Uh, this is AJ. And this is Jax. And we're signing off.